When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Well, if it isn't the mountain, he's back again. Cowboy. The fam- Could you excuse us, Samori? I have business with my colleague. She gives you a smile. Hope we can continue this conversation uh, later. She gives you like oh. a, a little smile and a nod. Mikhail, good afternoon. Completely oblivious, I take her seat. I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I tap the, the piece of paper that I tore out. The family that owned the chateau. This is them. Two things. First, look at the woman. Look at her hair. White hair. Second thing, the man. His acorn in the, uh, uh, the, the mansion that I went to last night. There was a, a fountain out the front and there was an acorn statue in the fountain. Right. Well, speaking of white hair, I pull out a second bag of white hair. This was at uh, the Du Bois house and there was a witness. Uh, Anita has a sister, Valerie. She was in the room at the time that she was taken. Uh, she didn't see anything. Uh, her sister sleep-talked a lot. Uh, she woke up to hear her say, where are we going? Uh, fell back asleep. And when she woke up, her sister was gone. Also, she was missing. But uh, the mother didn't realize until I asked the question. So I think... I think they're leaving willingly to go with whatever leaves this fur behind. Now... I can't remember uh, how many of the stories I told you that that drunken wild man Tibble, Tybal, whatever his name yes. was. <laughs> he told the story of the of the the, 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 cha- the chateau, the Mayu house, a whole bunch of stuff about challenges and how the youngest son brought with yes, him. Yes, I heard about this man who would not stop talking. You would like him. <laughs> well, it depends. Is he not stopping talking because he has something interesting to say? I tend to find the people who will not stop talking never have something interesting to say. All right, then. I guess I won't tell you the story about Jack the Cat. Sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Is it relevant to this case? Well, there was a, another folklore in town about Jack the Cat, who is buried in the cemetery, who could apparently turn into a fox. A white fox? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anything about foxes. I'm not an animal guy. Okay. Well, the graveyard would be a good place to check because this uh, this man, I tapped the, the, the guy in armor. This man, he is dead, but the woman, there is no record of her death. Hmm. We would 
do well to try and find this man's grave to see if she is next to him. Because I would bet that it is very possible she is not. Or she is, but she isn't. There is a headstone, but no body. They do love that sort of thing, don't they? Faking their own death. No one comes looking for that me. That would be tonight's, perhaps tonight's sojourn. We will need a shovel. We will need more than a shovel. But I think we can... I think we can work it out. Well, what's next? You'd like to check out the chateau? The chateau would be a clever place to go, or perhaps the field, either one. Well, this field I do not think will take long. Is the field on the way? Yeah. We can stop by the field and then hit the chateau. Uh, I'll just check it. Oh, when I came back, had Father Ford called back? No, but you, I'm, I'm assuming you told Amori, like, if there is a phone call, take yes. a message, yeah. These disappearances, by the way, they date back to the 1600s. Jeez. And that story about that man and his mysterious wife, 1600s as well. Right. It is too coincidental. Well, Mikhail, I don't believe in coincidences. Never have. Luck is bullshit. So, I think that... Well, your theory is, I suggest at this point in time, that... This couple maybe live forever, maybe you're kidnapping children. Is that the working theory we're operating on now? I do not know what they want with children, but they are definitely keeping them. You ever had any experience with anything like this before? In any of your other work for the house? I have rattled my brains on several occasions, and I cannot think of anything that comes even close to this. All right, well, just when you're rattling, don't hurt yourself, okay, big guy? You gonna drive to the mansion? Yeah, we'll head out to the field now, and then... Radio. From the field, and in the day, you can kind of see it now, you're very close to Toby's house. And from Toby's house, you can see the river. So the field kind of backs onto a less wheat-filled field, the river. And then in the distance, you can see, and you can kind of like cross-reference it with your map, that is where the chateau is. It's sort of beyond the field, beyond the river, on a hill surrounded by a copse of trees. From where you are, it's hard to see specifics. It just kind of looks like a you know, like a, a building in the distance. But you can see that that's the direction for you to go. Um, I also like the idea that on the drive here, I've been trying to convince you that baseball is the greatest sport <laughs> of all time. You are very, very wrong. The greatest sport of all is, of course, the intellectual sport, chess. <laughs> oh, chess is for losers. No one cool plays chess. Spoken like a true loser. <laughs> See, you don't understand. Baseball isn't just physical skill. There's there's mental things involved. You've got to think your way through it. How do you set the field? How do you do this? How do you, you pitch right? Do you let this one go? Do you go for another one? Mind games. Also, I think you would like baseball, big guy. You get to hit things very hard, as hard as you can. In fact, if you're pitching, you're also trying to throw the ball as hard as you can. It's all very aggressive. In Russia, we call uh, baseball... We have an expression for it. We call it prostoy sport. It means the simple sport. And <laughs> <laughs> are you good at chess? I am very good at chess. <laughs> the two of you pull up at the, at the wheat field, and in the daytime, you can see that it, 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 it's like six foot high. Well, maybe not. It's like seven foot high. You can't see through it. But upon looking around it and, and a little bit within... You can't see any evidence of your sojourn the previous night, or really any evidence of anyone ever being within it. It doesn't seem tramped down or terribly moved. Is that almost suspicious? There's no evidence of anyone going in ever? 
Well, I wouldn't say ever, but you think it's not. I mean, it's not ter- terribly suspicious, really. Okay. Yeah. Now, like, it could just be that they're letting it sit there before they um, they harvest it or whatever down the track, or that if anybody had come through, they just hadn't left much of a like much of a mark or whatever. Is it obvious who owns this land? Not really. And I, th- I, I, from memory, I think somebody told you earlier that like. Some of the areas are owned by local farmers, but also some of it is like kind of larger farming corporations own bits of the, the. They're yeah. like some of so, sorry, some of it is local farms, but most of it is commercial farms. So you wouldn't really know who to attach it to. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Are you absolutely sure this is the spot? I look around. Yeah, you, you're pretty confident. I would say yes. This appears to be the space. Well, no bird masks, no white fluff. No enormous Russian-sized footprints. Well, I guess this is a bust. The two of you get back in your car, unless there's anything else you want to do. Can we get to the house via the field? You could. It would be quite a walk. So okay. you're kind of talking like wheat field, and where the wheat field ends is kind of just like grass, effectively. And alongside yep. that, ro- that grass is a road. That road hits the bridge, which goes over the river. And then kind of beyond that, there's probably another couple of fields and then a hill with the chateau on top. All right, the two of you drive winding roads through the beautiful French countryside. It's still, like, so sunny and delightful. If this weren't a longhouse expedition and just a holiday, it'd be delightful. Uh, Eventually, you arrive at the top of this hill. You're quite high up. You get a beautiful view of the town now. You can see the kind of concentric circles of the town. You can see where the wheat fields extend. You can see, kind of make out probably the houses of all of the kids from up here. Good view of the town. And you can see the chateau. The chateau is, you can tell kind of immediately that it is a recreation. That this is like a kind of poorly put together version of an ancient sort of, a sort of style of mansion. So it's three stories. With, like I said, the middle store, the top story is kind of smaller than the other two. The top story of this has kind of collapsed into the second story, and the second story is sort of collapsed into the first. It gives the chateau the impression or the, the like vibe that it is kind of leaning over to look down at you, the way it's crumbling. So it is actually falling apart. The recreation is kind of falling yeah, apart. Yeah, absolutely. At the front of it, and you can see this immediately where you pull up, there's not really like a good place for you to pull your car up. You probably have to stop where the road ends which, and then like walk a little bit to actually get to the mansion. It seems like nobody really comes here. But out the front, there is a the fountain, a very similar fountain to the one you saw the night before. But this fountain is full of brackish still water and is quite water-damaged and covered in vines and algae. On the side of the building, there is a large tower, which seems still pretty much intact. Like I said, it kind of resembles like a, a fantasy medieval spire, and it's attached to the mansion. And uh, yeah, it still seems like it's it's still standing far more than the rest of the building. And the, the there's still like wooden doors kind of like to, to get inside. These still seem like they're intact as well. But most of the windows are smashed or in some cases completely missing otherwise. The whole area has a kind of like still quietness to it. It's surrounded by a copse of trees. And in a lot of ways, they kind of block out the sun when you walk up to the fountain kind of giving it a sort of upsetting twilight in a lot of ways. I gesture to the fountain and give you a meaningful look. The house, too? Does the house look like the one in my yeah. vision? Whatever you it want to call like it. looks like the one you saw the night before, but in 
pretty bad disrepair and kind of like a like a shitty version of the one you saw the night before. I would say that this is definitely a poor man's recreation of the one I saw. Oh, like when a Russian tries to make a Nike tracksuit. <laughs> yeah, that locked and loaded. <laughs> no, more like when a, 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 a American attempts, well, just attempts to uh, recreate a superior... I break the sound. <laughs> Good to imagine you at the door with your hand on the doorknob trying to think of it and then just tearing the door off its hinges to walk inside. <laughs> yeah, are you you're entering the mansion? Are you investigating yeah. the outside? What's what's your next? Dust step? my hands off. Yeah. Uh, you step inside and you can see that it's it's like the mansion has kind of been gutted. There's really very little left of what, like there's no furniture, there's no paintings on the walls, there's just a kind of like rotted wooden floor and bare concrete or, or stone walls on either side. Where you are is the kind of sort of the central hub of the house, and there are two staircases, one quite destroyed, the other still largely intact, leading up to a second-floor balcony. But the second story of this house has so much crushed the first that the staircases effectively lead nowhere. There's just rubble in that direction. There are, to the left and the right of you, there are two doorways. One of them just doesn't have a door anymore but it seems to lead into a largely intact room but the other one does still have a door it's kind of a bit broken a little bit off its hinges and you can see that that room the one to to your left that it leads into so much rubble has crumbled over the top of it that you would have to crouch to get to get through to investigate there are also two doors on the back of the of the building which you can't see through and they do have wooden doors left on them i guess you're not going in that door big guy I do not think it would be wise for you to either. This place does not seem very stable. And if I listened to you, I would probably be dead. Are you going to go through the the little hole? Ah, see, the thing is, Jackson, while mm-hmm. Adam has the vice violent, I have the virtue courageous and ambitious, <laughs> so absolutely I'm going into that hiding. I'm going somewhere he can't. Mikhail, you stand, maybe arms folded, and watch as Ike gets down on his hands and knees, maybe shifts the wooden door and crumbles into the rubble. Come over, I'm about to die. <laughs> I will return, cowboy. I'm going to look for an alternate way into the foundations. You, uh, Ike, you start crawling kind of on your, your hands. You, you know, Maybe not even hands and knees. You'd like need to... Kind of, you know that squat walk you can do? Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You're kind of doing that. And it's pretty dark in here. Like, light does trickle in through some of the rubble, through some of the smashed windows. But by and large, it's it's, it's pretty dark. Actually, before I leave, I um, I hand you a flashlight. And I pull out my own better flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> I love that we haven't revealed what equipment we have, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listening kit. Flashlight, gun, yep. <laughs> second gun. <laughs> As you sort of crouch walk through the rubble here, and you can kind of feel it weighing on top of you, occasionally like a little bit of dust might shift from above as the house sort of settles, you feel underneath your hands, and maybe with the flashlight you can see, a trapdoor. Hmm. You also realise that the floor underneath you is more like tiles than it is wood, which the kind of lobby area has. Hmm. Hey, big guy. I, I'm, I'm searching for another thing. Can I hear this? You don't, you don't hear a thing. 
I've maybe walked outside and I'm doing like a lap maybe, just yeah. to find an outside. Maybe, yeah, maybe entrance. you're like you're near the tower, which is on the other side of the mm. other side of the mansion. How's the if I tug on the trap door, what happens? Uh it seems like it's it seems wedged, but you reckon with like a good shift, you'd be able to open it. You might need to squat walk to the other side of it so that you're not yeah. on top of it, but I put the torch in my mouth and let's fucking go. Lucky boy. Lucky boy. Yes. Um, that's a success. You, on the other side, you grab this, like, a kind of metal ring, which is a bit rusted, but you grab it with your hand and shift it up. With a kind of... It opens up, and you can see... You're kind of on the wrong side of it, but there's a rotted wooden staircase that goes down into the into the darkness, basically. Not that you give a shit, Russia, but I am going to go down into this staircase. That is just to myself. I know that he cannot hear me. <laughs> you shift around, and you kind of clamber down into this whatever this is this little little dark room in a tiled floor you I take my gun out of one i've got my gun in one hand and the torch in the other the oh, actually know that yeah. cool thing where they yeah you know, torch on top of gun them. yeah you start scanning around and you realize pretty immediately that you are in a wine cellar and not a huge wine cellar either there's like white uh, racks, clearly, where wine would normally go, like wine racks, but there is maybe just like one or two glass bottles, sort of like sitting there, dusty, maybe cracked with age. And then you hear over your shoulder, like behind you, which is French for the dog, my tomb. I spin around immediately. There's nothing there. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I keep going. I'm courageous. There's, there's not much else in the cellar. You like you scan around, but it, it's pretty much a dead end. Brick walls on all sides, wine racks, but otherwise largely nothing. Huh. I check one of the bottles. Uh, it's it's old, but actually not that old. You don't think it's like from the 1600s? You think it might have been put there in the 50s? It's like maybe from like 1902 or something. That's a good good wine, probably. Yeah, I'm going to take it with me. <laughs> probably, probably worth quite a bit. Um, yeah, absolutely. Clink. <laughs> um, nothing else in the room? Nothing else, yeah. I search the room, nothing else. All right, I make my way back up. On the outside of the building, what are you looking for specifically? Like another entrance, Mikhail? Or... Yeah, I wanted to find another way down into the basement. But actually, while I'm here, describe this tower to me in detail. Okay, so the tower appears... So the mansion is made of, like, stone primarily. It's a kind of large, mm-hmm. ancient stone building. Well, a recreation of an ancient stone building. And the tower is not much different. It's kind of uh, wide enough that there could be, like, a room inside. And at the top of it, there is a sort of like, it's like a little bit broader at the top. You know what I mean? Like presumably up there, there is a... Flared. Yeah, it's flared. Thank you. At the top. Flared so that you can... It's not going to get lost in you. Um, But at the top, there's... Yeah, so there's clearly a room up there of some variety. And you can probably see windows as well. No glass on them, but there are definitely windows Mm -hmm. up there. At the top of it, it is topped with a kind of like a shingled domed roof. And it's attached by some manner. To the, it's kind of almost coming out of the chateau, if you know what I mean. Half in, half out of the building. Does it look structurally stable? Um, yeah. To be honest, it looks kind of like the most structurally stable thing here. And one final question: It looks like part of the recreation, right? Uh, no. This one looks. It, it does. This looks much older. Hmm. I want to get in there. There's no outside entrance. Is no, there? there would be. There would be. Oh well, then I, uh, I, I go. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So there's, there's probably like a small wooden door on the kind of side mm-hmm. of the tower. Whereas the rest of the mansion is like a little bit raised on the foundation. The tower kind of goes directly into the ground. So kind of where you are, you don't need to like, climb any stairs or whatever. There's just a small wooden door. You step inside. And like I said, it's like kind of the size of like a, I don't know, like a medium sized room and very dusty in here. The floor is also made of stone and spiraling up is like a terrifically wooded staircase that goes almost like it's it's three stories up as, as probably four, like higher than the mansion itself. Is it possible to go down? No, there is no down. I take my flashlight, I clip it onto uh, my shirt, which leaves both of my hands free. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then I begin to climb the staircase. I love this little one-upmanship when we are not even in the same fucking room. You're just doing it for yourselves at this point. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. You manage to start climbing. Occasionally, you have to, like, there'll be just complete bits of staircase that are just destroyed, and you have to do, like, an awkward holding onto the wall, foot on a little bit of protruding rock, stepping onto the next staircase, but you're making it fine up there. Uh, okay, what are you doing down there, Ike? Uh, well, I've searched the room and there's nothing else yeah. down here. No, nothing. Cool. All right. I've, I'm going to head back out the trapdoor. As you're crawling out, oh, you're, uh, out the tra- so just out the trapdoor, are you then leaving this room back into the main foyer or are you... Is there any... Can I go any further? Not in a way that would be comfortable. You would be basically crawling on your belly if you wanted to. Uh, I do. You wedge yourself very uncomfortably. Maybe you go in on your belly... But then you're like, actually, this will be easier 
if I swivel around where I am and climb kind of like along the roof. And as you do, you find yourself, maybe your belt or something, wedges on a piece of exposed rebar, and you are completely trapped in this tiny wedged piece of rubble, like a tiny tunnel. And then you hear a voice uh, down near your feet. Which means my sword, my acorn. You manage to make it up to basically the top of the tower, and you see you've come across like a wooden floor. You can tell that like there is a room above you, and there is a trapdoor to pull down to enter it. I uh, the trapdoor pulls down. Oh, sorry, okay. pushes up. Well, pushes up. Excuse me. All right, I push on the trapdoor. You the trapdoor it it moves. Are you gonna climb it through it? Yeah, I'll do so. You step out of the wheat and onto a beautifully manicured lawn. I fucking knew it. In front of you is the Le Mahure Chateau in all of its glory. And you have never felt happier or more comfortable or more enticed by anything in your life. Oh, fuck. As you step out of the wheat and you see the the mansion there and you're immediately enticed, you hear a voice next to you and you turn around and standing right next to you in front of the wheat is the Cossack. He opens his mouth, or Petra, and then he gets sucked back into the weight. You turn around to the chateau, and you've never wanted to be anywhere more in your life. You walk up, open the front doors, and step inside. It is exactly the same lobby as the one that you saw in the ruined chateau with Ike, except this time it is as though it presumably was uh, in the far distant past. It is an inviting, handsome, charming room with two curved staircases made of marble going up to a second floor balcony. There are ferns on either side of the door. The whole area is warm and quite lovely. You can see as well that there are countless, well not countless, but there are a lot of these sparrow children playing. Some of them are chasing each other. Maybe even as you step inside, you see an older girl chasing a younger girl playing some kind of game, and they move into the door to your left and into some other part of the chateau. Now, you are right now clearly enchanted by this beautiful mansion. Who wouldn't be? Yeah, of course. It's just beautiful. But some part of you, and whether this is due to your KGB training, whether this is due to your time at the Longhouse, or just some innate part of who Mikhail is, some part of you remains aware. It remains separate from all of this, but it's a bit like watching a clumsy puppet of yourself navigating through this chateau. You can see what's happening, and occasionally, and you'll know it when it happens, you'll have a chance to try and resist it, but for the most part, you're happy being here. What would you like to do? I think I'm going to wander over to the children. As I wander over, one of my hands is just idly opening and closing <laughs> and opening and closing. It's but great to else. imagine it's pulling an invisible trigger. Like, <laughs> <laughs> some part of you is just like, we gotta keep, we gotta shoot our way out of this. Well, are you following the two girls that were chasing each other, or the the two girls playing chasey? Uh, I'll follow the kids playing chasey. I like the idea you're just slowly putting, like, going through the motions of pulling apart and putting together a rifle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like with just your hands. Stripping just stripping it. Just... <laughs> stripping it, reconstituting it, stripping it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You leave this kind of grand hall uh, to your left following those children, and you enter uh, what you can tell is a sunroom. So there's three large windows, a sort of bay window out 
onto, well, you can see, and this is not what you saw outside, but through this window, you can see a beautiful garden surrounded by healthy hedgerows. In the middle of this room are two very comfortable looking chairs with a small table between them. And along the walls are various potted house plants. There's probably also a tea set with some steaming hot tea on that little table in between the chairs. And maybe the two girls have stopped and they're sitting at those chairs and they're sipping the tea. And the moment you enter, both of them turn to look at you. Uh, they look at you with an expression, and I don't know how much time Mikhail has spent around children, especially young children, but in these kids, he recognizes a kind of quiet confusion and excitement. Like, maybe they were giggling and chatting beforehand, but as they turn around and see you, they stop, and they've got, still got kind of cheeky smiles on their faces. Not malicious, cheeky smiles, yeah. but just like something exciting is happening. The older one, uh, sort of like maybe she puts the tea down, Bonjour, she says uh, as you enter the room. I wave. Do you speak any English or Russian? Uh, are you saying that in French? I'm assuming. I, I don't speak French. Oh, don't you? I thought you understood. You understood it. You understand it, but don't speak it. Uh, no. That's crazy. I'm sure you've heard people speaking French to you before. Um, you've just been winging it. <laughs> Well, then you have actually no idea what she says because she's definitely speaking to you in French. I walk over to them and I, I like get down. You know how a, an adult will do that little thing where they like maybe an old old adult mm. will do that thing where they pinch their trousers and pull them up a little yeah, bit as they yeah. crouch down. I do that and uh, I crouch down so that I'm kind of like at their level. Well, I don't think I could ever crouch low enough to be at their level. But yeah. I get like just down. I crouch down low enough to be a uh, uh, Olympic basketballer, and yeah, I look, I look at that. Yeah, good joke. I don't get no respect. I like patience. Went, patience. I ain't got no patience. I, I, I like that you went for Olympic basketballer when, like, the NBA yeah. or just normal basketballer was right there for you. you made an Olympic level. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. I uh, was the first thing that came to mind. I did have a brief moment of panic. Anyway, um, I crouch down near them and I they're having a little tea party. Yeah. I want to point to, is there any, is there an empty teacup? Are they actually yeah, like, drinking tea or is it like a yeah, tea party? Yeah, it looks okay. like nice steaming hot tea, yeah. Well, I'd say there's a third teacup as well, yeah. I point to the third teacup and then I make like a drinking mime. The two girls, they look at each other, they giggle, and then maybe the older one, like, gestures towards the teacup and shifts it slightly towards you. And then she maybe picks up the, the, the tea kettle itself, the teapot itself, and pours you a cup of tea. With more delicate, with a more delicate touch than I have ever known, I <laughs> gently pick up the little teacup and I drink from it. Okay. The children, they certainly don't mind that you're here, but they seem to, they keep having little conversations amongst themselves in French, and they don't really seem like they're including you. How rude. Outside, well, you can see wind move. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like they're even really trying. They're kind of not ignoring you, yeah. you know, entirely, not in a cruel way, but it just seems like you're of no interest, interest to them anymore. Sure. Outside, you can see as wind lovelily moves through the, the trees in the garden. You can see the sun shining on the flower beds. It's quite beautiful. And, uh, in a, and you can also see a kind of um, the, the countryside that you saw around Nanterre, but clearly a much older, uh, more picturesque, idyllic uh, version. I set the teacup down. Is there What noises can I hear? You can hear the tinkling laughter of children playing. You can hear probably the sound of a grandfather clock 
uh, ticking away somewhere in the mansion. And you can hear lightly the sound of, uh, I'll say piano music, like a gentle, relaxing piano music playing somewhere in the house. I'm going to look for the piano music. I'm going to head in that direction. You start exploring this chateau. You you notice that every room has the same kind of beauty to it or, 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 or inviting, charming nature. And you can see that there are many more children of various ages, just like a, a kind of diverse range of children running around this uh, beautiful chateau. Uh, you can't find the piano playing in the kind of grand hall or the sunroom, but you move towards the back of the chateau and you enter like a long corridor. You walk through this long corridor and following the sound of the piano music, you take a left turn through a door and enter into a warm, cozy study. There's a roaring fireplace attached to one wall. There's a large, sturdy oak desk with a comfortable leather chair behind it. There are several small bookshelves kind of lining the walls, and there's a bear's head mounted on the back wall above the fireplace. There's also a massive tapestry in this study. The tapestry appears to depict the same story that you heard told to you before by Ike and even by Hugo at the town hall, the story of a king and his three sons. Although this time, reading the tapestry... You see that the son leaves his kingdom, presumably this chateau, and travels far and wide to another kingdom. And in that kingdom, he meets a beautiful woman. And you can see the story laid out exactly the same. He goes to another kingdom uh, with this beautiful woman, and he seems to enjoy himself there. He parties, he has a good time with her, and then she gives him a tiny dog in an acorn. And then he returns back to his original kingdom, and then he leaves again. And he spends time, he has he drinks with her, he has wine, he eats food, and he gets a piece of muslin cloth. And then he returns back to his original kingdom. And then he returns once more to this other kingdom with this beautiful woman. And in the last sort of uh, section of the tapestry, he is returning with the beautiful woman to his original kingdom. Oh, also in the study, uh, on the desk, is a bottle of brandy. You continue to feel that kind of bubbly warmth inside you buzzed you know what i mean like you've had a couple of beers and the night is good uh while that part that part of me is happening Mm. the that part the screaming in the back of Mm. my mind the part of me that's like slowly miming crushing a lead pipe in my hand (laughs) yeah can i make it move my hand so that it's still opening and closing but it opens and closes around the camera button Unfortunately not. You you attempt to... Can I willpower to... that? Sure. Oh, Absolutely. no, Adam. <laughs> I get four dice, so it's now a roll of six. Oh. And now yep. I have used all of my willpower, and I must indulge in my vice at the next opportunity. Two things happen in quick succession. You yeah. snap a photo. You feel your hand. You struggle to take it out of... Uh, or just, like, to put it in your pocket, pull out the camera, and take oh, the photograph. Oh, it's around my neck. Oh, around your neck, sorry. To grab the camera, take a photograph of the tapestry. And at the same time, previously in this room, you were experiencing the warmth of the fireplace. Yeah. You were feeling cozy. But as you snap that photo with your camera, you feel cold and damp and slightly wet. You continue to feel this way. And it doesn't change. You've got the photograph, but you still feel cold and damp and wet. Do I still have that kind of like dreamy haze? Yes, but you can feel that it is lessened. Okay. Do I have any more control over my body? You feel 
like you would be able to force yourself to start asking questions. You think earlier you might not have been able to control your mouth in such a way to say anything other than let's have a tea party or yeah. pleasantries. But right now you feel like you might be able to start start asking questions if only people could understand you. <laughs> Is there, was there anyone in this room? No, this room no, was, yeah. was pretty empty, yeah. Well, I'm going to... Uh, uh, I exerted a lot of energy to take that photo, <laughs> so I'm going to sit back for a little bit and uh, the dreamy haze wanders over and picks up the bottle of brandy and is going to check its make and model. The brandy, you read, it actually doesn't say brandy on it. It says Bradvian. The brandy is early 16th century. Uh, if I open it, does it smell good? Does it smell, smell like delicious? Yeah, it's got a beautiful aroma uh, the moment you pop off the top. There's also some like little brandy glasses next to it, like a little kind of a... Uh, not a mixing station, but yeah, there's there's definitely somewhere you can pour. I have a question about this, like my state of mind right now. Sure, please. So to just pour myself a glass of brandy would probably typically in most situations be considered rude without <laughs> anyone here to pour myself what I may imagine to be a very expensive bottle of brandy. I'm not sure. For six, from the 1600s, feels like this is no longer brandy, but is now should be vinegar. <laughs> but maybe it's just very nice brandy. Yeah. Uh, would would I, in the dreamy you, haze, I th- think that? Yeah. You, you, I think you, you might consider that. But also, this dreamy haze is like a feeling of absolute comfort. And mm-hmm. like you are so welcome here. So okay. that kind of overpowers any rudeness. And you feel like, in fact, you would be encouraged to enjoy yourself well, and to dr- drink some brandy. I pour myself some brandy. Oh, yeah. You sitting in this this room where the fireplace crackles with warmth, but your body feels damp and cold. You nevertheless, you drink some very delicious. You can tell that this this is expensive brandy. This is brandy of a high quality. 